Hey, hey, hey. Keep that going. Welcome all of the campuses at all of our campus locations. Hillsboro, Sanford, Wake Forest, Columbia, Garner, two Kenya campuses, Durham campus, online church, and the church that is celebrating their one-year anniversary today. I'm talking about the North Durham campus. Can you celebrate them? I'm going to talk about them in just a moment, but can I show you something? This has happened here at the church this week. We had a membership class, and uh, guys, this is, this is just crazy. This is not normal. Look at this membership class from this week. This is, um, this is just at Durham campus. Come on now. Welcome. Welcome our new members. And I mentioned North Durham. I want to invite the North Durham campus pastor. Uh, they had their one-year anniversary. They've already had church this morning, but the North Durham campus pastor is in the house. So would you welcome Pastor Jeremy to the stage? <clears throat> What's up, man? Let me tell you something, church. This guy right here is the real deal. He is... Um, I've told him this so many times before. He is cut out to be a campus pastor. And I don't know if you, you know, have thought much about this, but the campus pastor role is a, a pretty new role in the church. We've only been doing multi-site church for probably 15 years, 10 years, uh, and now it's kind of gotten pretty popular. And it's a unique role, and uh, Jeremy is just cut out to be a campus pastor. He's one of our strongest campus pastors. So I want you to just uh, be able to speak to the crowd here today and the Monday night crowd. Um, tell us just a little bit today about what has surprised you the most in launching a campus in North Durham. Yeah, I think I've been uh, going on 17 years of ministry and uh, just to how close we have gotten together in such a short amount of time. Uh, we spend a lot of time together on Sunday mornings, about seven hours from set up and, and, and we have a worship celebration and then tear everything what down again. show up for set up? Uh, we're there at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Yep, 6 a.m. See, a lot of these people, they, they've never seen 6 a.m. <laughs> Just kidding, I know you have. Six A, okay. Yeah, and so we you know we spend a lot of time together, but also not just on Sundays, but just doing life together, uh, pouring into each other and in our families during the week, and the whole needed and known has really become a reality there. Mm. So uh, golden opportunity here for you to speak to the Durham campus primarily and then all the other campuses, but what would you like to say? to the Durham campus, the broadcast campus, the sending campus. What yeah. would you like to say to us? First of all, I'd just like to say thank you uh, because you have believed and mm. invested in reach, teach, and release. We are impacting lives in North Durham every single week. And uh, think about our launch team. Our launch team came from all the different campuses and are still serving strong. Mm. Uh, I've been here on staff for about two years and I just wanna say thank you for just the encouragement that you've given me and uh, for just believing in us as well. How can we pray and support you? Uh, I think, first of all, for just favor in the community, that God would continue to uh, bless us with favor. Uh, it's, we have an amazing partnership with Carrington Middle School. Uh, we are just blessed to be there and, you know, walking down the halls uh, during the week and giving high, giving high fives to students and hugging teachers and custodians. Huh. Uh, they're just real blessed to uh, uh, just the relationship that we have there. Uh, I think also uh, when you're portable, you know, you can't have a lot of signage up during the week. So we, we have to come up with creative ways to really get the work 
word out there uh, as well. And I would just say strength and stamina for the team. Uh, portable is not for the faint of heart, for sure. Um, and, but I think of Gail Perrine, who is a volunteer here at the Durham campus. She's a faithful mm-hmm. volunteer. She's been serving here for years. Yep. And uh, she comes up to the Durham campus once a month to help us set up. And, uh, you know, just that blessing of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hey, if you could help us, you know, come maybe serve once a month or maybe once every other month, that would be a huge blessing mm-hmm. to our campus. That's awesome. And if it's okay with you, I'm gonna take it just a step further. Um, like he said, the prayer and maybe occasionally show up. I, some of you are sitting here and you didn't even know we had a North Durham campus. And so I would just encourage you um, to pray about, we're gonna be talking about promptings today. Maybe as Jeremy has been speaking, you thought, dang, that's a handsome guy. I'd like to follow him. And, <laughs> and if so, he's a great leader. If so, maybe God is prompting you today to actually leave this campus and go be a part of the Durham campus. Our heart in the years ahead is not necessarily to keep building buildings here, get bigger and bigger. We want to decentralize the movement and spread people out to all of these campuses in the Carolinas to reach, teach, and release more people. So if you live over there, and it's not just about convenience, but if you live over there, it's closer for you or about the same distance, that's a reason. Or you want to be more on the, the grass level roots of a movement over there, I would just encourage you to uh, check out the North Durham campus. Are you going to be hanging around a while? Yeah, I'll be here. Mm-hmm. And when the celebration is over, he'll be in the rotunda. Maybe you grab him also to the other campuses or the Monday night crowd. Again, we are one church. What? Many locations. Um, the productions team put together a video to celebrate their one year anniversary. Check this out. Stephen being the one going to New Hope, and I didn't have anything to do with it. And God basically has moved in my life and convinced me through Stephen to volunteer to be part of the launch and to, you know, now New Hope North Durham is my second family, I guess you want to call it that. Come on now. That's good stuff. It is amazing what God can do in 365 days. Pastor Jeremy, we are so stinking proud of you and all of those who went. All right, we are in a series titled God Speaks, learning to hear his voice. And one of the things I've said since day one is that it is truly a game changer When a person realizes that God not only wants to speak through authors or God not only wants to speak through your favorite speakers or God not only wants to speak through pastors in moments like this, but that God 
wants to speak, hear me now, to you. Directly and personally to you. And so we've been in this series and we're kind of almost through with it. And I've been looking at six love languages of God. Six primary ways in which God tends to speak. The first one we all understand is the pinnacle of Scripture. The pinnacle of what? Scripture. Now let's read the other ones together. Ready? Number two. The presence of people. Come on, church. The presence of people. Number three, the purpose of pain. Number four, the potential of dreams. Number five, the power of promptings. And number six, the possibility of desires. Next week, I'm going to talk about your desires. But today, I want to talk to you about the power of promptings. The power of what? Promptings. And some of you are here today, and I believe God's going to prompt you at the end of this celebration to get baptized. Like, seriously. And some of you are like, man, it's chilly out there today. Hey, we got the water warmed at 98 degrees. And God's going to prompt some of you. Baptism, it reminds me of the, the two boys that were down in the Louisiana area, the Bayou area. Any Louisiana people in the house? See, Louisiana people, they are diehard. And Louisiana people, they, they think Carolina people talk funny. They talk funny. You know what I'm saying? You ever heard a true Bayou person speak? Well, these two boys were down in the Bayou area, and they were outside playing, and nobody would play with them. And so the older brother said to the younger bro brother, nobody will play with us because we ain't been baptized. Little brother said, really? He said, well, let's go get baptized. So they found a local church. And the two little boys ran in there, and there was nobody there but the custodian. And the custodian said, what are you doing here, boys? They said, nobody will play with us. We need to get baptized. Custodian said, all right, come with me. Took them into the bathroom. Dunked their heads one at a time in the toilet. <laughs> and then sent them on outside, said, go outside and play. When they got outside, the big boy said to the little brother, he said, what religion is we? <laughs> little brother said, I ain't know. Big brother said, well, I know we're not Catholic." Because in Catholic church, they pour water on you. He said, I know we're not Baptists. In the Baptist church, they dunk you, whole body. Little boy said, well, I tell you what, I smelt that water in that toilet. I know what we is. We is Episcopalians. <laughs> oh, hey, I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. That's funny right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love that. If, if, if that bothers you, I love you. God bless you. No need to send me an email. I will tell that story till the day I die. <laughs> the fifth love language, the fifth love language of the church the fifth love language God uses to speak to us, write it in your teaching notes, grab that pen, is the power of promptings. The power of promptings. Now, I would imagine that by now, if you've been here for the last few weeks, you've started to discern maybe what frequency you're most dialed into in terms of these six ways in which God speaks to us. We're all different, so we, we learn to listen to God differently. And some of you might be sitting here and you might be thinking, you know what, I, I think God speaks most to me through my pain 
or others of you through dreams. I know people who really are able to see how God is speaking to them through their dreams or maybe next week desires. As I've said from moment one, the the first way in which we all must learn to hear from God is the pinnacle of scripture. But for others of us underneath that love language, you might have another way in which you tend to hear from God more readily. For me, it is the area that I'm talking to you about today. My number one area outside of and underneath the authority of God's scripture is through the power of promptings. Through the power of what? Now, I've got it wrong many times. I'm not up here declaring that I get it right. All I've got it wrong. I could keep here all day long and talk to you about the ways in which I've gotten it wrong. But I don't know what it is. I have a hard time hearing God through pain because I don't like pain. Amen. And desires, the more I walk with God and the more he sanctifies me, I, I, I think I'm starting to hear from him more and more and more through my desires when they're good desires. But this thing about the power of promptings is my sweet spot. And so I want to talk to you about it today because the truth is it is a game changer. And if I'm going to talk to you about the power of promptings, I have to talk to you about this idea of time. Time. Chronos is one word I want to unpack for you, and the other is kairos. Chronos, write this down in your teaching notes. Chronos refers to clock time or calendar time. If you're going to learn to understand and follow God's nudgings, his promptings, or his open doors, you have to understand timing. And one word that we see in the New Testament related to time is chronos. Now, it's not important with the power of promptings. I'm just going to show you the two different words. Chronos. It refers to clock time or calendar time. In the English, we get the word chronology. Chronos is sequential. Past present and future. It's linear. It's always moving only in one direction. Interestingly enough, in Greek mythology, Kronos, Kronos uh, was represented by a short god with muscular legs. Again, mythology. He moves so fast that once he passes, he's impossible to catch. Go and study this and you'll see that the image that the ancients put for Kronos was this person that was running, this short God with big legs who had a full head of hair on the front of his head and was bald on the back of his head. Maybe you know somebody like that. I don't know. But the idea was that once he passes, it's hard to ever catch up with him. It reminds me that some traditions, particularly I've heard of it a lot in the African-American tradition, that says things like this, God is never early, God is never, God is always what? On time, right? And so this idea of chronos is something that, that we can understand in terms of time. And we all get that, right? Psalm 90:12 says, God help us to number our days. That's chronos. That's pretty useless when it comes to discerning the promptings of God. There's another Greek word that is most important in the topic that I'm talking to you about today, and it is the word kairos. Kairos. Here it is. Write this in. It refers to the opportune time, redeeming time. It literally means making the most of every opportunity. Kairos is qualitative. It captures moments. Kairos is 
required if you're ever going to follow the promptings of God. Because once an opportunity is lost, I hate to break it to you, quite often it's lost. Kairos is picking up on when God prompts us, learning to discern if it's really God, and then acting in the moment, seizing the moment. Kairos is what we mean when we say things like, for such a time as this. You with me? Kairos is what we mean when we say carpe diem, right? Seize the day or seize the moment. I remember 16 and a half years ago, we were getting ready to start this church and um, I was at Timberline Movie Theater. If you're not from around here, that is a movie theater in North Chapel Hill. It's right off of uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard and Weaver Dairy Road. I'm there in the parking lot. We've been working with the theater and I'm about to sign a contract for this church's first location to worship in. In that moment, I felt a prompting of God so strong that I could not deny it. I put it on hold, and again, in that very moment, this is all at the very same time, the Spirit of God said, have you considered East Chapel Hill High School? It wasn't an audible voice. I don't hear God audibly, but it's an impression. It's a prompting. I thought about East Chapel Hill High School. I called timeout. I didn't sign the contract. We'd been trying to get the theater for months. I called timeout, got in the car, rode down Weaver Dairy Road to East Chapel Hill High School, walked in unannounced into the office. The office manager greeted me. I said, can I speak to the principal? Within 10 minutes, I was sitting in the principal's office and within about 10 more minutes, the principal and I had pretty much worked up an agreement for New Hope Church not to start in a theater, but in East Chapel Hill High School that had a giant rotunda and an auditorium that sat 600 people, children's space and storage room. It was the hand of God. It was a prompting. And if I had not followed the prompting, I don't know this. I don't know exactly what would have happened. But New Hope Church's future could have been quite different than it is now. It enabled us to launch on a scale that God can only do. What I'm talking about today is I'm talking about this idea of realizing that God is trying to communicate to you daily. I believe that God is trying to get our attention on a daily basis. And again, I miss it a lot, but one of the prayers I've, I've made over the years is when I get up in the morning, I'll pray something like this. God, don't let me miss what you are trying to teach me today. Don't let me miss when you speak. And if you make that prayer, then your life starts to become something like a dance. Any dancers in the house? Any dancers in the Come on, my brother. I mean, I love to dance. My daughter, now I like, I like to do all kinds of dance. My wife won't dance with me, man. My wife, she will not, but I love to dance. And uh, this is not the kind of dance that some of you know about, but my wife, I mean, not my wife, my daughter called me last summer and she said, hey, dad, will you take shag lessons with me? Any shaggers in the house? Any people don't even know what shag is. See, that's what I thought, yeah. The shag is the state dance of South Carolina. It's a kind of dance that you do to beach music traditionally. So my daughter says, Dad, will you take dance lessons with me? Now, what did you think I said? Yep, anytime, baby, anytime. I love my girl. She's my only girl. And we went and took dance, dance lessons last summer. But any kind of dancing, good dancing, is you have to, if you're going to dance with a partner, you got to dance in step with them. What I'm talking about in terms of divine promptings is learning that life is a dance. 
And as you walk and live and breathe and have your being every single day, the more you get dialed into the frequency of God, the more you learn to dance with God, if you will, the more you learn to discern what he's calling you to do, timing, kairos, and when he's calling you to do it, that is when you start to walk in the favor and the anointing and the blessing and the kindness of God. This is how you tap into the favor of God. And if you miss it, you miss it. Like, I don't know about you. You ever think about these kinds of things? I do. I, I can fall into a deep state of dread, even sadness, if I start pondering all the ways in which I've probably missed God prompting me or I was too busy to discern what God was calling me to do. I believe that following God, I, I, know, I know this is going to sound overly simplistic, but I believe it in the core of my being. You want to you wanna walk with God. You want to dance with God. You want to tap into the favor of God and the blessings and the kindness of God in your life. Here it is. Hear God's voice. Write it in. Consider his timing. Do what he says. Hear God's voice. Consider his what? Timing. Do what he says. Say that with me. Hear God's voice. Consider his timing. Do what he says. One more time. A lot of you were writing. I love it. Go. Hear God's voice. Consider his timing and do what he says. Listen. <laughs> if you can learn to do that, I promise you it's a game changer. I promise you. Hear God's voice, consider his timing, and do what he says. How many of you are sick and tired of rain and hurricanes? <laughs> I was thinking this week, man, I don't know how much, this has been an interesting summer, lots and lots of rain, and uh, maybe it's the pastor in me, but with all the rain, I started thinking about old Noah. Y'all remember Noah? What if Noah had not heard his voice, considered his timing, and did what he said. Hmm? I love that scene in Evan Almighty. Do you remember it? Evan <laughs> Morgan Freeman plays God in Evan Almighty. It's a great scene. Check this out. Check this out. So you're really him, aren't you? You want more proof? I haven't done the pillow of salt thing in a while. That's all right. I believe you. I just, I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. What? Why an ark? I mean, that's like flood territory. You wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't do that. Would you do that? Let's just say that whatever I do, I do because I love you. Well, then you have to understand that this whole building and art thing is really not part of my plans here. I need to settle into my house. I need to make a good impression at work. <laughs> what? <laughs> Your plans. <laughs> what? what are you talking? I'm, we're talking about an arc, right? I mean, an arc? An arc is huge. I don't even know where I would begin. Well, I hear that a lot. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. You want to know how to change the world, son? One act of random kindness at a time. Mm. 
Build the ark. I'll tell you what. You build it, I'll fill it. And if anybody asks, tell them the flood's coming. Oh, and uh, you might need this. Okay, so what do I do? I grab the wood, and then... Oh, okay. You know, that's just cruel. Do you see him? I don't see him. Building an ark the old-fashioned way. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He lives in all things and has over 6,700,000,000 children. Hear his voice. Consider his kairos, his timing. Do what he says. If you hear his voice, but you don't think about his divine timing, his opportune, you'll get in a bad place in a hurry. If you're not hearing his voice, but you think you got the timing right, same thing, you'll get in a bad place in a hurry. But the most important thing you, you have to understand with me today is that when God speaks, when you learn to hear his voice, if you don't seize it, if you don't jump on it, I'm about to talk to you about some safeguards in just a moment. If you don't do it, then you miss walking in the favor of God. And I don't know about you, and I think this is why you're at church today. You're here because you want to walk in the favor of God. You want to dance with God. You want your life to have an anointing and a blessing and a favor and God's kindness smiling all on your life. If you do, can I hear an amen? amen? Then the way you do that is you think about these. You hear his voice, consider his timing, and do what he says. Listen to me. This is so important. Again, think about Noah. Delayed obedience is simply disobedience. Delayed, or I dare say partial. Partial obedience is simply disobedience. And the thing about God's anointing and calling and, and him speaking to his children is he, he, they are time bound quite often. Not always, but quite often they are time bound. And if you miss it, you miss it. Therefore, when God calls you to pray about something, hear me church, you better pray. Like right then and there, pray. Or go back, you know, if you need to wait for a moment, pray, get away and pray if you want to walk with God. When God leads you, you know, what I'm talking about here is the Holy Spirit leading us, right? That's promptings. When the Holy Spirit leads you to serve in the church or outside of the church, you better serve or you're going to miss out on the favor of God. When God calls you to give, whatever he's calling you to give, you better give or you'll miss the blessings that come from a life of giving. When God prompts you, whatever he's prompting you to do, if you discern and you start to know his voice, then you want to act on that. Let me give you an observation and three questions as we wrap up today. I'm going to hit these pretty quickly because then we're going we're to celebrate baptism at all of our campuses, Monday night crowd and everything. We're going to celebrate baptism. So I want to give you an observation and three quick questions because I'm fully aware of the fact that this is a little tricky. 
right? You can get this one wrong. It's not a reason to stiff arm it. Some of you are afraid that you're going to get it wrong, so therefore you don't ever act on God's promptings. And the moment you do that is the moment you, you circumvent yourself away from the favor and the blessings of God. Don't worry about the fear factor, right? But if you're going to start to live this out, one observation and three questions. Write in your teaching notes if you would, please. Number one, learning to discern God's promptings and timing takes practice. If you're a new believer, you're not going to just pick up on this right away. Still, not a reason to avoid it. Just realize it. As I often try to say to you in various and sundry ways, be gracious with yourself. You might miss it from time to time. But you know what? I would rather miss it and get it right sometimes to be in the favor of God than never do it at all. You're going to miss it. And it takes practice. You'll learn in time, or some of you already know this, man. Some of you have aced this. You're way better at it than I am. You learn to connect the dots. Like, listen, if I wake up in the morning and I open up the Bible and I read a verse about something and then I go to work and somebody says something similar to that to me at work and then I go home at night and my wife says something at dinner, well, hello, the clue phone is ringing for me, if you know what I mean. Learn, learn to connect the dots. God often works in terms of repetition. You see this in the Bible. Maybe, maybe you want to put out a fleece. Not always. Don't become that person who always wants to put out a fleece. But you understand that, that language? Judges 6, remember? Putting out a fleece for God to, to help you discern more clearly. But the point is, it takes practice. Here are the three questions. That's the observation. Here are the three questions. Does your prompting line up with the Bible? This is so Important. I've said it every Sunday during this series, and I just want to go ahead and let you know I'm going to say it for the next Sunday as we wrap up this series in the next week or so. If you have a prompting, you want to ask yourself, is it in line with Scripture? Because God never contradicts His Word. you got to understand that God is consistent. God is a God of order, and He will not contradict His Word. One brother said to me one time, true story. Pastor, God, God led me to have an affair. And I said, quote, unquote, no, sir, God did not lead you to have an affair. And he started trying to connect dots, you know. I'm not happy. Hey, have you ever thought that maybe your marriage is not to make you happy, but to make you holy? God, God, listen, listen and he, he, he did. He tried to convince me. And, and I said, well, what, what, have you run that through Scripture? I'm reminded of this thing in Genesis 2 where the Bible says, you shall leave your mother and father and, and join with your wife. Leave and cleave. And the two of you shall become what? One. I reminded him that in Malachi 2, the Bible says God hates divorce. I reminded him that in Ephesians 5, the Bible says that men, we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for her. So if we're not careful, and this is what's happening in our culture, I'm telling you, and I will say it's happening in churches all over the land, is that we no longer are allowing this book to be authoritative in our lives. And the moment we, the moment we say, you know what, that's just nothing but bathroom literature, I'll read it, get a few stories here, get a, few, a little bit of inspiration here and there, is the moment we are dead. We might as well just close up the church and go home. And you might be thinking, well, I get prompting sometimes, and, and I don't know what the Bible says. This is why you should read the Bible. Can I get an Amen. But you, you're still like, well, I don't know. Listen, in the day and age of Google, you just Google 
What does the Bible say about blank? You will get all you can handle. And then you study the word of God. Does it line up with the Bible? Second question, number three in our list. Does godly counsel agree? So important. This one's big. Sometimes I just can't put my finger on it. Sometimes I'm just not quite sure. Sometimes I lack a little peace. That is when you run to those that you trust, those that you respect, those that you know are godly. And they embody wisdom, ideally biblical wisdom. It might be a parent. It might be an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent. might be a pastor. might be an old friend. But you run it through this filter. Does godly counsel agree? Proverbs 12, 15. Read it out loud with me, if you will. He who heeds counsel is wise. Again, really loud. He who heeds is wise wise, okay? Does godly counsel agree? And by the way, I can't avoid not saying this is where I think life groups is so important. Life groups. Are you in a life group? I'm not going to hound on it. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'll just tell you there's something about when I'm walking with God and I got big decisions coming my way and I'm hearing promptings and I'm trying to discern, is this of God or is this something I ate last night? If I know that I'm showing up on a weekly basis with a band of brothers and or sisters and I'm doing life with them, that's where we're all in the word. We're praying together and I can bounce things off of them and they can speak into my life. So if you're interested in a life group, it's very simple. Write this down. Email lifegroups at newhopechurch.org. Lifegroups, plural, at newhopechurch.org. Or text NH Life Groups to 59769. Or when the celebration is over at any of the campuses, head out to the life group area in the lobby and there will be people there to meet you. Fourth, last question, third question. This is key. Does peace Reign in your heart. This is why, by the way, I left the high school that day. I mean, the, the, um, the movie theater, Timberline. And I headed down to the high school. Getting ready to sign the contract, I just didn't have peace. And you know what that's like, don't you? You're getting ready to do something, man, and there's no peace there. Ours is a God of peace. When the Holy Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit will give us peace or the Holy Spirit will say, and give you the stop sign. Or sometimes it's the yield or sometimes it's the wait. But look at what the Bible says in Colossians 3.15. Come on, out loud. I want to hear all of you nice and strong. Last scripture we're going to read today out loud. Ready? Go. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called into one body, and be thankful. If the peace of God is not ruling in your heart, and you're about to make a decision... Hey, guys, by the way, this is why you feel such unrest in your soul sometimes when you know you're getting up on the ragged edge of doing something that is not of God. When you're emailing that person and you know, ho, 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 right? Or you're about to make that decision, career choice, and and you know it's going to make a lot more money or might move you away, but you don't feel peace. Listen, 
Don't you do it. Peace is so, so important. And so I want to ask you today as we start to wrap up, might God be prompting you in this moment to receive the good news of Jesus? If you're a believer, man, you're taking all this in, you're growing, keep working it, grow. We're gonna, we're gonna go there again next week. But I just wanna pause for just a moment because it'd be so irresponsible of me if I just didn't give us a moment to see if there's anybody here who feels the prompting of God to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ right here, right now. And then secondly, might you be here and the Holy Spirit has been prompting you, maybe at our last baptism or the one before or this week, you just didn't know it when you showed up today, might the Holy Spirit of God be prompting you to get baptized? The Bible doesn't say form a committee, vote by Robert's rules of order as to whether or not you should get baptized. John three sixteen said, for God so loved the what? That he gave his one and only son that whoever what? Believes in him. Do you believe? Have you ever had a moment where you know that you know that you know you are saved? And then Matthew 28, his last words, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of what? The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey. And remember, I am with you always. You know what we have our people wear when they get baptized at New Hope Church? We wear a shirt. What does it say? Have you ever had a moment? Have you ever had a moment where you did something where you were all in for God? That's what baptism is about, church. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is your public declaration, your public profession of faith. And today, we're going to have the last baptism celebration of the year. We will not do this again until the spring because we have outdoor baptisms. And so whether you're here on a Sunday or whether you're here on Monday night, could the Holy Spirit of God be prompting you right now in this moment to give your life to Christ and then head out to the waters of baptism? Will you pray with me? Father, um, thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that you put into our lives God, thank you that you want to speak to us, not just weekly on Sundays, God, at church, but you want to speak to us daily. And Father, I sense that your Holy Spirit has been hovering over this celebration today. And I just want to give a chance, God, for anyone who is here. And you don't know that you know that you know that you are a saved and redeemed child of God. If that's you, I wanna invite you right now. Is, is the spirit moving you? Is it prompting you to give your very life to Christ? And if so, I just wanna ask you to just look up and look at me and raise a hand. All heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just look at me and just raise a hand if I can pray for you. I see you over here. Lift them up, I see you. Yep, God bless you, brother. I see you. Trust that it's happening at the campuses and the different environments. If that's you, just say, Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe in you. I believe that you are the Savior of the world and I need you. I am a sinner and I need you to be my Savior. So I want to invite you in this moment to come into my life. 
I want to invite you to fill me with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that I might continue or maybe start for the very first time to hear your voice and your promptings and to walk in that anointing that we've been talking about today. Forgive me of my sins, Lord God. Write my name in what the Bible calls the Lamb's Book of Life. Save me, fill me, use me, and I will follow you all the days of my life. Lord, as we keep thinking about baptism, we pray that you would speak to us throughout the rest of this celebration. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.